0: Hello, and thank you for tuning into Answers from the Lab, where we share Mayo Clinic knowledge and advancements on the state of testing and science from laboratory leaders and the people who are making it happen behind the scenes. I'm Dr. Bobby Pritt, a clinical microbiologist and the chair of the Division of Clinical Microbiology at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota. With me today is Dr. Bill Maurice, the Chair of the Department of Laboratory Medicine and Pathology at Mayo Clinic and the President of Mayo Clinic Laboratories. This is our weekly discussion with Dr. Maurice, in which we learn about updates in laboratory testing during the COVID-19 pandemic. Hi, Bill. How are you today?
1: I'm doing great. Uh, How are you, Bobby?
0: Doing well, yeah. You know, we have some good news on the COVID front and some worrying, some news, of course, we're keeping our eye on the cases going up again, but the vaccine rollouts are continuing. And I was just looking at the CDC website and it looks like 72.4% of our population ages 65 and older have now received at least one dose of the vaccine, which is great since they're obviously one of our more high-risk populations.
1: Yeah, no, it's really, and the other, of course, here in Minnesota, late last week, I think it was, and in other states, announcing basically anyone over 18, I think it is, can sign up to get vaccinated, which suggests that the supply is starting to catch up with the demand. So we can have more just sort of a generalized availability of the vaccine there'll still be challenges it's still one of the greatest logistical undertakings in modern healthcare <laughs> history and lots of good news but still some concern you know around the country with some hotspots there's a mayoclinic.org has a hotspot tracking tool that maybe we can share the link in. to that yeah but if you look at for instance in michigan where there's, there's some concerning stories i just tweeted last week about uh, there are experiencing an increase in cases, so we're not out of the woods yet. But there's a lot—at least the clouds have a much brighter silver lining than they did. <laughs> that's for sure.
0: Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. And of course, the last time we spoke, we talked about some of the myths around vaccination and debunking some of those myths. And maybe we could just start with kind of recapping the big points about what we know about vaccination.
1: Yeah. And I think it's really important. Unfortunately, there's still a lot of confusion around the vaccines. First of all, what we know, we know that all the vaccines that have received EUA approval are safe and that they are highly effective in preventing severe illness from COVID in all age groups and that they're well-tolerated. That's all really good news. What we've continued to learn and one of the big questions was, okay, so we know the vaccines prevent you from getting really sick. We also know that people still can get COVID after they've been vaccinated. So, because the trials showed that. Now, what the trials weren't designed to show is how much is someone that's been vaccinated, how much are they at risk of spreading COVID to someone else? Now that the vaccines are rolled out, particularly in healthcare settings, there have now been a number of studies. I think there was a New England Journal edition, which was dedicated to this within the last week or so, looking at the effects of vaccination in healthcare organizations that have had a lot of of their staff vaccinated. And one of the things here that we've noticed and one of the big studies came out of Mayo, and that is that people who have been vaccinated appear to be much less likely to be asymptomatic carriers, if you will, or have an asymptomatic COVID infection. So I think it was a drop of about over 90%. So that's really good news. That means that people that have been vaccinated, not only does it protect them from getting sick, Hopefully it does prevent them from spreading. It doesn't make it zero, but it prevents them from spreading it to others, which means we can start to think about different ways to open up society now that people are getting vaccinated.
0: Yeah, and you know, this is definitely on people's minds too, because we have some holidays coming up, including Easter, spring break is already happening, uh, and is going to be coming up for other students in the coming week or two. So people want to get together. So I think it'd be a good idea to talk about what can you do then if you've been vaccinated, knowing that there's still this risk that you could be infected, although being an asymptomatic shedder is Perhaps low, it's still there. So the CDC, I was really pleased to see, did come up with some more relaxed guidelines now of things you can do after you've been fully vaccinated.
1: Yeah, and I think it's really important, again, so people don't get confused about where the CDC guidelines apply and where they don't. And I, I did hear that Dr. Walensky and the CDC were, they were tried to be very thoughtful about what they issued for guidance because there's a difference between a small group setting, which you can control and having a big group of people together, which you can't. Like spring
0: break. (laughs) Like
1: spring break, exactly. So because vaccination does protect you, I should say, from getting severely ill, you know, the CDC said that it is now acceptable for small indoor gatherings, fully vaccinated individuals. Even if one of them does have an asymptomatic infection, they're much less likely to spread it, and if they did, that the other person would be protected from severe illness. And also, that you can even have someone that hasn't been vaccinated as part of that gathering, if they are from a single home, if they are not at risk of severe COVID, and you know, if they don't live with someone that would be at risk of severe disease from COVID, because they could still catch it. All it says, vaccinated people are protected from severe illness. They can spread it to others but if you can control who that other might be potentially exposed you could even that's a kind of acceptable risk as well. So it's really what people have been hoping for for a long time about can't we titrate what we're doing can not we modify what we're doing based on the level of risk. So so that's all really good. Right. The flip side of course are the big gatherings of people because yeah. the other concern out there though is that we do have now the variants particularly B117 which is becoming much more of the predominant variant in the United States than one that first was described in the United Kingdom, which does spread more easily and which does appear to cause more severe illness in some individuals, that you have to remember that still the majority of the people in this country, have not been vaccinated or exposed to COVID. So, at these large gatherings, with these more transmissible variants around, you had to be really thoughtful that you could still have a quote super spreader event that we heard a lot about over the spring and summer, and even into the fall. And you could still have people getting seriously ill. And that's what we're seeing in some parts of the country. You know, where, again, like I mentioned, Detroit, their hospitals are now getting full because it's younger people than we saw before. But again, it's it's where people get confused between the percentages. Yeah, the percentage risk is low, but if everyone gets it, there you're still gonna have challenges. So
0: Yeah, and it really gets back to that idea we talked about last time, which is if you get vaccinated, then there's fewer people that have virus. Even though there's still that small chance that you could get infected, more people are going to be protected. You have less virus, less mutations, less risk of these variants popping up. So really, that's kind of an important concept of getting vaccinated. Yeah. And also, I, I think another important point is once you get that vaccine, that shot in your arm, you're not protected that day. After the last dose, it takes about two weeks for your body to build up enough immunity to protect you from the virus.
1: Even with the two-dose regimens, after you know, a week to 14 days, you have a pretty a significant bit, yeah. level of protection, right? About 70%. It's, it's all really good news. And I think the other thing for people to remember. So with the younger individuals in COVID, you hear about, well, you know, the younger people don't get as sick, so we shouldn't be worrying about it as much. And first of all, there really are young people that get seriously ill. It might not be as as risky. The other thing is to remember is that there are a significant number of people that get COVID, maybe up to a third, that have some kind of long-term complications from it. Mm -hmm. This whole, I think it's being called past now, post acute uh, SARS-CoV-2 syndrome or something to that effect, but basically long COVID is is a common kind of phrase used. So so lots of reasons for people to still be careful, lots of reasons for people to get vaccinated. Also with spring break coming up, I did have someone reach out to me and ask about, well, should I not get vaccinated because I want to go to Hawaii and that will give me a positive test. (laughs) even after our podcast, we have to remember, getting vaccinated will not give you a positive test. So it's actually a good thing. And there'll be something for us to probably talk about is a whole thing about vaccine credentialing, which will be a whole other thing down the road.
0: Yeah, lots of good points. And a lot of people are thinking about this right now. It's a little different state by state. And of course, our listeners are from all over. But in the U.S., more and more states now are opening up vaccination for anyone 18 or older. And really pleased to see that Minnesota is now one of those states.
1: That's right. Hopefully the rest of the world will catch up. I think vaccination yeah. rates are different in different parts of the globe. So this really is a global health issue. So the hope again, and we saw that I think what the U.S. is going to try it, to open some of its vaccines supply to neighboring countries, potentially to allow them to, to mm-hmm. get vaccinated as well. So, but it's good. It's really great that the global healthcare community is really stepping up to the challenge.
0: So, this is always an important topic. I'm glad we touched on it again. I'm sure there'll be lots of other future topics, but I'm sh- I'm also sure the vaccines will come up again.
1: Yeah, I'm sure they will. Well, hopefully, what we'll see is that the vaccines come up, but the case rates do not. So, people be right. careful exactly. out there. And remember, we're still in sort of a tenuous time here. We're a lot better off than we were, but we're not out of the woods yet. So, so mm-hmm. stay safe. But if you've been vaccinated, do take the opportunity to visit loved ones here if you, if you, if you are eligible, because I think the other part of it is all the social isolation and things have been very tough. So I hope many of the listeners do have a chance to gather in person for with people they care about over the Easter holiday and stay safe.
0: Thanks, Bill. Great talking to you. Have a great week. Yeah, you too.